Hello and welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with my brother, Jeremy Sartori. It's a Brother, Brother podcast, and today we are uh, doing a little something we have been doing lately uh, for fun, and it is actually a lot of fun. We're taking two of our favorite albums from the same artist and kind of doing a a battle of the uh, records. And in this case, it's, it's not even really a fair fight because... Uh, we're doing Husker Du, New Day Rising, and Flip Your Wig. Um, you know, noting um, to anybody who is a Husker Du fan that uh, Zen Arcade towers uh, over, casts a, a decided shadow over both of these records. It was um, their defining moment and uh, a colossus, but nothing really compares to the double album Zen Arcade and. Jared and I both grew up huge fans of uh, Flip Your Wig and New Day Rising. Both albums came out within six months of each other. January of 85 is New Day Rising. September of 85 is uh, Flip Your Wig. And uh, I remember uh, breathlessly purchasing both of these at Newbury Comics on Newbury Street in Boston um, in real time. And... Uh, I don't know. Let's get to it. I think we're gonna do a track by track comparison. But Jerry, what? Give me your, um, you know, give me your reference points on these records because these came out when you were six years old, or no? Yeah, definitely eight, eight years old. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think there was like a, a, a lot of Quiet Riot on the radio at that point in my life, and uh, maybe even uh, some, uh, aid, you know, Live Aid, We Are the World, um, Africa, which we've also done an episode on. Um, it, you know, Madonna, um, some bright spots, Prince obviously ruled the charts, uh, you know, it was just kind of that, that time period. So I was, I was, you know, fairly unaware of these albums, obviously in 1985, um, and just kind of listening to pop radio. I actually got into Who's Do backwards, um, you know, I think you, uh, masterminded a, uh, Christmas, uh, bounty one year and just gave me a stack of records when I was quite young and uh, maybe like a 86 or 87, maybe 88, I don't know. But, um, and in that stack, actually, I, I think you just kind of bought a, a bunch of stuff you liked and then some stuff that was new at the time was actually Warehouse Songs and Stories, which was Who's Gonna last uh, album on, on the major label Warner Brothers. So I had to backtrack a little bit. Um, I think soon after that, you encouraged me to get Zen Arcade, um, which I loved. Um, and listen to, but you know, Center Kate is like an album I've gone back to and I'm like, holy shit, like this is a masterpiece, but at, you know, the ripe age of like 12, 13, um, it's a lot to take in. And, uh, and I just always had a pop sensibility in terms of what I like music wise. And I got to say like, um, funny enough, like trying to explain it, you know, bands like, you know, REM were sort of ruling the, the college charts, things like that. I like that stuff, but there was a little bit of like uh, softness to it or, you know, when you're a young boy, you know, or, or teenager or whatever that you kind of want a little more edge. And I didn't really love hardcore, even though I pretended to, um, because it was, you know, a little bit rougher and cooler and, you know, in my mind, you know, kind of more macho or something. Um, so when I finally got my hands on Flip Your Wig, again, on, on your recommendation, I was just like, oh, this is the mm-hmm. perfect this is what I've been looking for. You know, like this is the blend of everything I like, like the Beatles pop sensibility and, um, and, you know, with sort of just, a, a you know, thrashing guitars and, and it's just a, a fucking awesome album. 
New Day Rising came way later. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but Grant Hart did all their album work, album artwork, um, which I always thought was a little odd for the band. Like, you know, and, and a little, I mean, it's interesting, but it's, it never quite like fit what I was expecting, um, either the, the way the band looked. Um, but, uh, you know, I had a, a really shitty Buick Skylark that you might remember that I bought for like $500 off a friend of our grandmother's that I, you know, kept alive when I was living in, in Austin and it had a cassette player, which at that time had been fairly obsolete. And I, um, I had two cassettes in there. I had, uh, somehow managed to get my hands on built to spill perfect from now on, which is why I know that album so well. And the other one was new day rising. And so the, the only two cassettes I ever played in that car were, were those two. And, and I, you know, also got the brilliance of new day rising, yeah. but probably 10 years. No, I remember later. the Skylark. I remember the, uh, the, um, interior uh, fabric falling from the uh, ceiling because of the heat yeah held up by uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> held up by pins you know from remember. a pin board <laughs> I remember getting heat stroke getting into that car because it had no air conditioning I, I'm in not the 100% place. sure but Texas uh, Sun did your um, that car was not your, street um, legal but yeah. this bill uh, cassette have uh, neutral milk hotel on the other side yeah, it did. Yep, yep, you're right. It was like a, a recorded, you know, cassette. And the, the New Day Rising I'd actually grabbed, so, um, as a cassette. Like, I think I found it at Waterloo Records or something, but... Um, That's funny. Or maybe from your collection, actually. Probably. Home, but, uh, that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, I know a band you loved, I think a band that, you know, weirdly, like, you know, I mean, we, we talk about the replacements a lot. We did this with the replacements, so we're going back to Minneapolis, our home away from the East Coast, I guess, musically. And, um, and you know, as much as Husker Du is, is sort of, like, applauded, I think, in the music community, I still don't know that this band has ever gotten its due. And I think if uh, you don't know why they're great, these are two two albums to jump into to, to make sure that you do. Yeah, it's funny. I, I you know, I'd sort of forgotten. Um, well, first of all, you know, the, the thing that prompted this was I went to see Bob Mould two weeks ago, and he absolutely tore the roof off the joint. He's... Uh, and he's playing a bunch of Husker Du stuff, but you know he's playing stuff from throughout his catalog, and it's all excellent. Um, he's got a crack band, which is a three-piece with uh, Jason Arducci and John Worcester, uh, Super Chunk, and um, it's just it was really fun to see. Um, you know, it was predictably uh, a room full of people my age who look a lot like me, um, and I will I will. Um, <clears throat> throw myself a bone on this one. A bunch of guys with less hair, but um, for the most part, looked exactly like me. Paunchy, uh, mid-sized, uh, early fifties guys, and um, they were, uh, you know, the band ripped. And Bob Mould still kicks ass on stage, and he's still really into it, uh, really into his music, and that's been the hallmark throughout. I mean, this guy's a passionate human being. Um, and he's he's lived like you know I mean you I think I I know I read his autobiography I think you did I'm not sure I did not actually no oh you didn't no. okay well I mean the guys yeah. lived about ten lives and not in the typical rock and roll druggy you know um, you know uh, su- success rehab no, that was Grant Hart <laughs> yeah um, uh, but you know he more that he's an explorer and he's continuing to put really interesting music out. He has followed his muse. He's lived in different countries. He's lived all over the place. He's a really, really bright and interested 
human being. Um, and so I've always loved Bob Mould. I always loved Grant Hart. I always thought Grant Hart kind of got short shrift as far as credit was concerned, but I think it was because Agreed. he was probably, I think that was more circumstantial. Um, I think without his voice and without his songs, there is no Husker Du. I don't think, um, you know, I don't think Bob Mould in the mode that he was back then carried this band um, by any means single-handedly. I think, I, you know, especially around this era, I think Grant Hart was, you know, uh, absolutely equal or, you know, dare I say, almost, um, you know, the reason that they sounded different enough to be um, recognized is the classic. Yeah, no, I was going to say, these these two albums in particular, well, and I know we'll highlight Grant Hart quite a bit on this, but... Um, but, you know, I just, like, as you were talking about Bob Mool, one word that always kind of hits me when you think about Bob Mool is, like, he just has, like, a lot of integrity, you know? It's like, yeah. he's, uh, you know, just a, a guy that's, I think, kind of, like you said, followed his muse, and, but also lived up to his beliefs in a way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's, you know, and you see that with this band. You have kind of, like, a, you know, a very pop-minded uh, force in Grant Hart and a, you know, I think, um, more sort of social justice, political-minded Bob Mould, but also an angry who can write a, a you know just a great angry love song too um yeah scorned lover song as well so yeah, lots of um, those lots of those but that's the thing actually, too but, is you know i mean the backstory on who's do if you don't know is that you know i mean they're always equated with the minneapolis scene which is obviously where they erupted from but you know bob mould is from upstate new york went to college in and uh st paul i believe or minneapolis i uh, went to McAllister college and um you know, put together a band while he was out there, met people and, and put together a band. It was, um, he was the driving force, um, but also uh, he was not a local. And I don't believe, you know, I think Grant Hart, if, uh, you know, was an art school kind of guy. And, uh, and um, you know, Norton, Greg Norton was as well. Um, Greg Norton, I believe, went on uh, to have a career as a chef and restaurant owner out there after Husker Du and never, you know, has sort of dabbled in music since. But uh, Bob Mould has 100% given his life over to music. And, um, you know, when I went to see him a couple weeks ago, he has the uh, fan base and the following and the devotion to uh, show for it. So anyway, without further ado, let's jump into uh, New Day Rising versus Flip Your Wig again. This is the third in a series of podcasts where we compare albums that we virtually love equally, but for the sake of uh, fun, we are uh, we're going to take opposing sides and agree on most shit. Yeah, sounds good. And, and this is you know I think people talk about Husker Du and their short career as being kind of lightning. You know their their initial record, Land Speed record, right? I mean, this is a band that that practiced a lot, played fast, played live all the time. And uh, you're coming off of the double albums in Arcade, and you're a band in transition to some degree, but their transition happens within like six months versus, you know, a five-year period in the studio. Um, now, mind, you, mind so, you, Zen Arcade comes out July of 84. So that is right, four okay. records worth of music in one year. Yeah, amazing. And and for good records, you know, I mean, it's one thing to, to, you know, fart out every outtake or B-side that you, you kind of diddled around with in the studio. These are these are albums, you know, substantial albums. So, yeah. um, well, kick it off, Wynn. There's a new day rising in, in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and uh, 
It's the first track. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will just say one more thing before we jump in, and that is that I had not really fully recognized the degree to which these albums are twinned until I went to right down the track listing uh, to do this. And um, you know, we can talk about it as we go. But first, uh, first track up on either side, both cases, it is um, the uh, title track, "New Day yep. Rising" versus "Flip Your Wig." Yeah, I mean, I'm. Obviously, going to be partial to flip your wig. Um, I think New Day Rising is, is an awesome song. It's uh, it's kind of the the hardcore moving into melodic, Husker Du. So it's 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 a Bob Mould song. Flip your wig is like the uh, you know John Lennon Paul McCartney duet of uh, two of us or something to me. It, it's just they both sing on it. Uh, it's it just kind of sets to me the mood of like oh shit this band is like you know at the next level. And I think one thing to, to know with Flip Your Wig, too, is, um, and uh, sorry to steal New Day Rising spotlight here, but, you know, the, they had been on SST for the majority of their entire career up till this point, and they had been signed to Warner. So, you know, Flip Your Wig very well could have been the debut album on Warner, maybe should have been, but because they were so loyal to SST and what SST, SST had done to, for them, um, their first self-produced album, Flip Your Wig, went, they gave it to SST, you know, um, which and became, you know, a, a chart topper actually in college radio and stuff. So um, give me your argument for New Day Rising if you even have one. Oh, I have one. Um, okay. New Day Rising is a great song. I didn't used to love it as much as I do now. I um, And I think it, it again, it, it, it rises and falls on, on the backing vocals of Grant Hart. I think that is great. what makes, turns it from you know, a screamathon to, you know, something of a, of a, um, you know, something of a meaningful song, even though it, all it is is one lyric repeated. Um, and uh, weirdly, I found out in research I'm doing for another project, um, Robert Palmer covered New Day Rising. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> so the guy had some pretty good taste, despite, I mean, even, besides clothing and uh Yeah, and actually, I like a couple of Robert Palmer songs. So. Oh, I love um, Robert Palmer. But yeah, but, no, no, that's crazy. But, um, but yeah, I think yeah. Flip Your Wig is, is more, of a, um, more of a song. Uh, New Day Rising is more of a statement, um, but it is a yeah. statement. It's an album opener, and it... Um, I mean, in every sense of the word, even the even the lyrics, "New Day Rising," it's like, okay, we we change. This is we flip the page. Um, yeah, totally. And I think in that era of hardcore, it was it was very different. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm gonna say round one is is flip your wig. What do you think? Um, I go New Day Rising, so it's a split okay. decision. But um, so we have a draw. Yeah. I think we do. And then the second one, this is where I, this is where I sort of decided that the, I mean, not decided, this is where I sort of realized that these are, our albums are kind of twinning. The second song on both albums is a, is Grant Hart's hardest song on either album. Um, yeah. It's Girl Who Lives on Heaven Hill versus Every Everything. Yeah. And so I, you know, this is another one. I love Every Everything. I think it's a great song, but um, I think, that's where I think, uh, you know, as I was listening to New Day Rising back again, I, I think that's one of his best loud, fast songs, um, Girl on uh, Heaven Hill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of like a pink turns to blue for me, you know? It's interesting you say that, because, um, yeah, Girl Who Lives on Heaven Hill, to me, was when I first bought the album, I was like, oh, shit, they went metal. 
Um, <laughs> and it's just because of the delivery of the first, you know, and it's kind of a dumb lyric, but it, at the same time, I, it's grown on me enormously over the years. And the chorus um, just kind of exonerates the rest of the song for me. Um, every Everything I like, but I think this one goes to Girl Who Lives on Heaven Hill. Yeah, I would say every everything is like um, you know it's it's just a pretty standard history. I mean that in all due respect, but like a, which is a good song, but it, it just doesn't quite catch you. There's so many other better songs on the album, basically. Exactly. It's it's funny. I think both of these albums are kind of um, you know mid loaded, which is the weirdest thing to say about an album. Usually they're front loaded, back loaded, and this one's mid loaded. I think they both start, yeah, opening tracks, title tracks start off with a bang, and then you're right. But although, you know, they're short, they're quick, and, like, you go right into the third song on both, it's pretty damn yeah. great. So, yeah, I both. guess if you're considering three on mid, then yes. I think the third song on both records is the attempt at the hit. Um, yeah. It's the attempt at the radio hit. And not even, you know, not a gross attempt, not a not an attempt where you feel like you're watching No, it's the, the single. I mean, everybody effort. put out a single, you know? Yeah. So it's I apologize versus makes no sense at all or makes no sense. Yeah, and I think um, I love both these songs. So I mean, it's a, this is another one where it could be a draw. I mean, makes no sense at all might be the first song that I really kind of was like, oh, this is why Husker Du is brilliant, you know? Um, just because it was like nothing I'd heard before. You know, I hadn't heard that kind of chunky, poppy, distorted, you know, like, song that was catchy, like, you know, in my mind at, at, at you know, 15 or whatever, 14, that, that could have been on the pop. radio. Yeah. Right, although, yeah, and I probably didn't even know the term power pop, but I apologize, yeah. it's just an awesome lyrically song, too, you know, it's like, um, I just, it's it's a very cutting, just, uh, like, it, it's sort of where Mould will go a lot of his career, you know, and in in, um, it's a great song. Yeah, it's really hard, um, he played both, I think, when I saw him the other night, um, because they are both canonical Husker Du songs. Um, I think in this case, I would go, I apologize, just because it's... I think you're right. I think it has more weight, uh, lyrically. Yeah. And uh, and I think as I've gotten older, like, makes no sense at all is great. I've heard it so many times. I have the actual, like, uh, you know, the single with uh, the Mary Tyler Moore theme, Love is All Around on the back. Great cover, by the way. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think like makes no sense at all. Simple and great pop music, but uh, I apologize. Is like it's just kind of a core of their essence. Um, I, that I said, well, I, sorry. I was gonna say I urge anybody to go back and look, watch the listen to the cover they did of "Love Is All Around" the Mary Tyler Moore theme. Um, you know, they were from Minneapolis. The show was set in Minneapolis, and they reenact in the video the uh, the title sequence from the Mary Tyler Moore show. The funny thing I find about that song and that cover, because it's a great cover and it actually sounds like a Husker Du song. It's a good song, yeah. Is it really sounds like makes no sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, no kidding. Well, I don't know if you remember, and uh, they did do, you know, music videos back then, and uh, very rarely, that was the video. So, like, the the music video was, they combined both songs. It was great. And uh, I remember, you know, being young and just being like, what is that Husker Du song I've never heard? And you're like, "Uh, that's a TV theme. (laughs) But it was a great one. Okay. No, definitely. Um, God bless Frank Duvall or whoever did it. Yeah. Let's let's hear both those, Damien. Like, uh, let's do uh, Makes No Sense and Do I Apologize instead of the Mary Tyler Moore theme. And um, and then we'll come back and, and keep going. All right. 
Welcome back to Brother, Brother, Brother. It's Win and I, and we are kind of been on this kick of just doing classic albums that really influenced us in what we love about music and uh, different time periods. But um, two albums we love, and we're pretending to, or, or you know, we're, we're WWFing them, which Bob Mould wrote about, wrote scripts for uh, against each other. So this is a kind of a, a, a you know draw for the most part but we're doing flip your wig and new day rising and we just uh wrap the third song on each track and i apologize for the background noise i have a beep going off so damien hopefully that can be uh something that can be avoided but it's just it's outside and it's uh coming through hopefully it doesn't come through but anyways we go from makes no sense at all on, on uh flip your wig to hate paper doll mm-hmm. um and on new day rising we go from i apologize to folklore so give me your take on, on these two. I love, again, I mean, I'm going to repeat myself over and over again on that front, so I'll stop saying it, but um, <clears throat> they're both uh, kind of big Bob Mould songs. Hate Paper Doll uh, is a weird uh, weird lyric, but I, I like it. And uh, Folklore is, you know, a very, uh, I'd say, rank and file um, Bob Mould song, but um, which makes it great. So, um, but I would, I would actually, I mean, in my case, I would give the the edge to Hate Paper Doll on this one, just because of. I think it's just history. I think I just remember more things I was doing while listening to Hate Paper Doll than I was when I listened to Folklore. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, similar. I mean, I think because Hate Paper Doll, like the, both these albums are albums you can listen to very much start to finish. Um, and I would say by nature of just listening to Flip Your Wig, probably more, you know, a, a hundred times more than I listened to New Day Rising, which I, you know, both listened to in the in the thousands of times. I, I would say that's the only reason. I just kind of know it comes right after. It makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. And, uh, you know, I like folklore, but, I you know, I don't love it. Like, I, I can, I think Hate Paper Doll is just a, a better, catchier song. So, Hate Paper Doll. I hate that. that I For some reason, I just have never loved that lyric though or that title I, I don't totally yeah. get it but uh you know maybe one day i will maybe i'll read the biography and, and figure it out um, uh, next, next up's a toughie it's if i told yeah. you off uh new day rising and green eyes um kind of a song that i've never heard anybody talk about ever uh or green eyes? reference yeah yeah i was gonna say a song I, you i've know, always it, loved i was yeah in preparation for this i listened to this again there's a couple like deeper cuts right you know this being one and then later on i'll talk about another song where i just was like whoa yeah like i totally forget about this like green eyes is a really great song and and, you know one thing that's kind of funny um about this album and then i think new day rising too to some degree if i told you is also kind of a, a i think a buried treasure but a little more you know stands out on that album a little more but you know 
I was watching when and I both have been kind of on a you know when we have nothing left to watch watching these like YouTube new British canons and um you know they're they're fun you know we'll just say they're fun and uh there is a Husker Du one and just how like huge of an influence that band is on on like the Cali punk pop scene and you know the Green Days of the world and Foo Fighters of the world you know it's it's you kind of forget and that's what I sort of meant in the beginning of a band that like um you know the Weezers, and you know bands. Not all those bands I, I even really like, but like you get that when you look it back. You're like in songs like Green Eyes and stuff. Like this was the band that made it okay to kind of write, you know, songs s- like love songs. Yes, yeah, happy love songs, <laughs> and with you know, kind of a you know, really fast pace and or faster pace than most of. I think if I told you is a great song, um, and and weirdly gets the chemistry right. You know, it's sort of. You know, the beginning of the album is very one for you, one for me. And then If I Told You has a sort of melding effect. Whereas Green Eyes, I think, is very much of a Grant Hart song. And um, I also think... Green Eyes is where Grant Hart's part of Flip Your Wig starts almost, you know? Yeah, I would say the same. And I would also say that it's the song that that showcases his voice maybe as well as any song they ever did. Um, Great. He's a a good singer. He actually sings. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's a really good singer, and um, you know it's it's a weird it's a weird band. It, they came in a weird place and a weird time, and you know I think they really changed the uh, topography of music and indie music more than you know people understand because there was um, you know a devaluation of pop sensibility in punk rock. There was a feeling that if you were putting out songs you were selling out you were trying to mm-hmm. be commercial Major label which was a you know an absolute sin and it, it which is all the silliness that doesn't exist anymore um these sort of rigidities that existed in the 80s i mean you're talking about uh, a band where you know two of the three members were gay men and um but putting out super aggressive um you know but also very emotional music. And it was, you know, it's just a weird um, salad of, of, you know, ingredients. And also just this was a different period of time. And so, um, you know, uh, the listeners who were buying this stuff were much less, um, you know, sort of accepting of, of those uh, things back then. It was, um, you know, wasn't a good I wouldn't hold it up as a uh, particularly, um, you know, uh, imitatable period. It was it was pretty exclusionary. Um, punk rock was very exclusionary, and very you know, toxic and masculine and all those things that we've come to, to realize. Yeah, yeah, it was very violent. And and these guys were writing thoughtful songs, but Bob Mould was you know a big fucker who you know, could handle himself in a fight probably. And, uh, you know, he was, he, you know, sort of, you know, he did not shy away from the physical and the violent and all, and the confrontational. And it was a very, it was a, it was a cool interest and particularly in retrospect, obviously it's a, it's a very interesting, um, subject to sort of, uh, reexamine. That said, we'll pull it back into the realm of the actual records. And uh, where do you go on If I Told You versus Green Eyes? Mm, it's a tough one for me. I think I'm going to go again. You know, I'm going to lean with, with my corner here and go Green Eyes. 
So it's just a song I really like, you know. And I think it's yeah. like you said, Great Heart's best singing singing song, maybe in in the whole catalog. Um, and I'm you know I'm a huge closet Grand Heart fan. You know, it's funny like if I had to like give you my favorite Husker Du songs, I mean I love Bob Mool, but like I uh, I just really <laughs> like I've always leaned in the Grant Grant Hart camp. Yeah, um, it's the Paul McCartney John Lennon thing. It's you know one yeah. of them is more creative and adventurous, and one of them writes tunes. Yeah, totally. And I think, um, you know, really good points, though, prior, and I don't want to, to delve on it, but, it, you know, it was something that, you know, I mean, even the fact of being gay and in that world, um, you know, and I was very young, and this is the 80s, mind you, so, you know, please forgive me, but, like, you know, it just, you know, it's something where, you know, that was just, you know, I might have been called, you know, gay or you know, slang like you're a fag in school or something. You know what I mean? Like I was like, what? That guy's gay, and he's you know what I mean? It was just sort of like, it was just not something that would people weren't out. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, I think Bob Mole came out later, but it was known, and I, you know, it was pretty brave actually back then. Um, Very. And I think you know, I think it opened the door for a lot of people, like you said, and and they probably don't get as much credit as they should for pioneering that. But uh, back to the albums, we've got Celebrated Summer. Um, mm-hmm. another great song, and uh, sorry, Divide and Conquer. Conquer. Yeah, which is a kind a of big game yeah, changer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Divide and Conquer for me. Sorry, I'm just gonna go. Was that is probably one of the most classic Bob Mould songs I think in in the catalog too. I I think what's really cool about these albums is you know Zen Arcade is is you know definitely rightfully known as as Husker Du's kind of masterpiece, right? They're um, mm. Magnum white Opus. album or, or whatever yeah and um and but this band was just that good you know sort of a supernova in a sense that like you know a song like divide and conquer is on the album that they just decided not to give to the major label and, and you know give the label that supported them you know it's a yeah i mean that's a ripping song if you don't if you don't like if you like rock music and you liked hardcore and you like punk and, and maybe you were like not as hip to husker do that's the song that's a great gateway drug right there it's a funny one because I, I, and you know, my recollection in actual time was that "Divide and Conquer" was kind of the song that everybody thought was, you know, sort of should have been the single, um, and it kind of, you know, it, it had. It's like a statement. A, it had a preeminence though on the album. It was, you know, it was the song. Um, yeah. And then you know, on the other side, you've got uh, "Celebrated Summer," which is one of my favorite. Uh, Bob Mould songs as well and um, it's got the sort of loud quiet dynamic it's got some acoustic guitar on it maybe you know some of the earlier um, you know uh, sort of mellowing um, but at the same time it's it sure isn't a mellow song Um, I'm gonna go celebrate it summer how about you yeah, you know, it's another one, like, to your point, over time, I think I've really come to appreciate Celebrated Summer. Um, it's really tight for me. I, I want to say draw, but for the sake of um, having to choose or making myself choose, I'm going to go Celebrated Summer too, just because um, Divide and Conquer was the song, right? And I've yeah. heard that song so much that Celebrated Summer almost sounds kind of new to me still, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great song. Yeah, I remember when we were doing, you know, way back when we were doing uh, OK Computer versus The Benz. It is funny because the song, I, I, you know, it's not an accident. Some, you know, someone's sequencing these albums very intentionally. And, um, you know, again, like with these, as I said before, they're kind of twin albums. And um, so they have lulls at the same time as well. 
and the next um, the next songs are perfect example from uh, New Day Rising and Games from Flip Your Wig. Um, and again, I think after you get celebrated summer versus divide and conquer, which is the heavyweight battle, this is kind of the post heavyweight undercard. Yeah, this is like the, the, yeah, the this is the twelfth race. The, this is the paper, right? Or the or the pay per view fight that um, you know gets like a technical foul or you know technical knockout or something. You know, it's in some crazy thing happens. It's uh yeah, it's not. It's not like it, these are not heavyweight songs. Um, I kind of could go either way. Um, you can pick one, and we can we can keep going. I, I'm gonna go perfect example. Actually, yeah, no, I mean, gonna, I don't know. Games? Yeah, I, I, I don't love the games that much. It's it's a good. It's an okay song. It's filler. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, next example. is, and we'll definitely. Uh, I think we should take a break after this one but let's uh let's go here because I, I i a song that i forgot about to be honest is find me and uh I'll flip your wig and and it's another one where it's like it's you know it's up against a, a heavyweight here so uh, but i am going to give it a shout out i don't think it's the best song song grant hart i mean where, where green eyes is where grant hart actually shows that he can sing find me is a song that um he's almost trying not to sing and, and yell he wasn't the best yeller bob mool is a much better yeller um, but it's a great right. song, you know, and it's got a desperation and, and sort of exhaustion to it um, that I that I actually like really was like, oh, shit, this is a fucking great song, you know? Yeah, I think you and I both, you know, we've talked about that many, many times. It's sort of coveted uh, space where people are just out of energy and they're, you know, longing and the emotions get the best of them. And, and it's kind of an exhaustion, but an emotional exhaustion and a physical exhaustion you know, the sort of exile on Main Street uh, corollary. There's, you know, Vibe, countless. Yep. Yeah, you and I have, are, have always been drawn to that kind of, and I, I guess what it is, is is when you are your most emotionally raw, is when you right. are completely spent. And, um, you know, Terms of Psychic Warfare um, mm. is not a name that suits the song itself. It's a great nope. song. Fucking love um, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Find Me is a, is a song that I always got kind of lost in when I was walking around listening to uh, this album on my Walkman and then later on my Discman. Um, <laughs> now on your uh, phone. Yeah, yeah no, no, totally. I agree. It was like I listened to the album start to finish last night and I was just like, oh yeah, Find Me. Like, it, it's kind of like, yeah. I like, the, I, but, like the, I like the sort of, uh, I don't even know how to describe that, that you know, uh, He's straining in that song, you know what I mean? It's like they recorded that song and they didn't really clean it up, you know? It's it's or it sounds like they didn't clean it up. It's it's a it's a song where it's almost like he's lost his voice to some degree, but he's shouting and uh and it's not like a very fast song um either, you know, so it's kind of like mid tempo, but um I I, yeah, it's that desperation. But in terms of psychic warfare, again, yeah, the the name really doesn't quite add up. Uh I that's probably like my favorite Grant Hart song like I just love that song like it it fucking rips and to me like that song is just everything that I want a rock and roll song to sound like if that makes sense you know Mm -hmm. like it's got like kind of great backing track vocal like you know fill in it's got a great bass line it's got you know uh, you know ripping guitar like it's just a fucking ripper I love it yeah yeah I love it too so it's Terms of Psychic Warfare so let's take a and, quick uh, break. Actually, and we'll yeah, let's hear it, Damien. 
We are back. Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Uh, it's Jerry and I talking about two of our favorite albums, which we've been doing a little bit lately. Uh, getting nostalgic again. Um, just recently saw Bob Mould, and if you have a chance to see him live, don't waste that chance. Um, we're going to go... in Texas tonight, by the way. Because my friend's oh, yeah? going. <laughs> yep. Nice. Um, we are back to uh, doing a, a song-by-song comparison, and this one is a little bit of an unfair fight because uh, this is the baby song off Flip Your Wig <laughs> versus 59 Times the Pain off yeah. of uh, New Day Rising. And I have to say, 59 Times the, the Pain is not song. my favorite song. No, and but... weirdly got a beat? kick out of the baby song for a long time because... I- it was such a weird interlude, um, not quite the uh, the piano, um, you know, sort of bridging gap bridgers that uh, were on Zen Arcade, but um, you know, kind of made me laugh. And uh, I like that Grant Hart was credited with uh, slide whistle playing on this album, but at the <laughs> same time, it's not a real song, so. No, yeah, you win, and I, I just am going to echo your thing. If you're going to have a, a goofy filler, baby song is great, but uh, it does not win. So, next song up, Powerline yeah, versus is, Flexible Flyer. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with, I mean, I'm going to talk about Flexible Flyer here since I'm, I'm on the flexible side. Flexible Flyer is, is, again, where, you know, in terms of segue, this is, this is why I love Grant Hart, right? I mean, Flexible Fire is just, it's a fucking awesome pop song. I mean, it's a song I'm surprised more people don't cover. It's a, it's a great song. And it's, it's it got just a good cadence, great chorus. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's like, if, if you thought Husker Du was going to be big in 1985, which many people did, and they may should have, you know, maybe they should have been, who knows, it's hard to do a two-songwriting duo, as, as we know um, from many bands. That yeah, the Beatles were had a real rough go of it, yeah. Yeah, and, um, well, you know, but they did at, in the end, you, you end up kind of having those strains, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, but this is a song where I could see, like, a rock critic from, you know, whatever, uh, Cream Magazine, Rolling Stone, whatever was happening in 1985, just saying, like, this is the next big thing, you know? These guys are, these guys are doing what so many bands try to do, which is everybody emulates the Beatles to some degree and they're succeeding in making it their own, you know? New, yeah. I think, um, you know, I'm going to con- concur on this one because it's a, it's a, you know, it's a first-round knockout. Um, Powerline, good song. Uh, Flexible Flyer, classic as far as I'm concerned. And then, you know, I mean, this is a song I dwelled on for a long time thinking, you know, oh, this must, you know, this is some sort of pie into Citizen Kane because it just, you know came out when I was in high school, so I was, you know, really intellectual back then. But, um, you know, it's a guy singing about a sled. Uh, a guy from Minneapolis <laughs> singing about a sled. Um, yeah, but it, it is, snows a lot there. You know, it's, it's a song about reminiscing about childhood, and, and yep. it's a great song. And I love, you know, uh, the chorus. Um, I love every element of this song. Um, it is... It's up there with Grant Hart's best. In fact, you know, it would be a funny, uh, you know, uh, if we were to re-record this, um, it'd be fun to break down the Bob Mould songs versus the Grant Hart songs on these records, even though they're not even numbered. But Yeah, um, no, definitely. 
because this period, you know, to me really belongs to, I mean, it, not a zero-sum game, but you know, this is Grant Hart's uh, pinnacle. Yeah, no, I think funny enough, like, and we kind of talked about it before, right? Like, there are songs on both albums that really kind of Bob Mould owns, like Divide and Conquer, we talked about, you know, or, or you know, uh, Celebrate Summer, where it's very much like Mould, who Mould will kind of go on to be, and, and, you know, who you just saw, like, in terms of, like, why he is so beloved. But as, as like, a kind of collection of, of songs and a band changing, I, I agree. I think, like, Grant Hart kind of owns this period, and, and as they go on to the major label, I think Bob Mould kind of regains that, that mm-hmm. you know, I guess, control or, or sort of the, the main focal point. But these are kind of the Grant Hart albums in a weird way to me, always have been. Yeah, me too. Um, which, you know, so I think it's a, a no-brainer, flexible fire. Um, the next one up is uh, another... Um, funny one because it's private plane from uh, flip your wig versus books about ufos which is uh a song that littered i think every one of our mixes in the 90s yeah i was gonna say terms if, if like there's a flip side to terms of psychic warfare it's right here you know um yeah piano Weird. jangle goofy song about reading books about ufo you know what i mean it's just a fucking great song yeah, where Grant Hart's playing, pian- banging on the piano, um, and I wish he had done more of that. Yeah, um, you know, because he plays a great, you know, uh, sort of boogie woogie piano on this, or a, you know, a great sort of uh, standard, almost you know, standard era um, piano on this, and uh, but you know, really upbeat and books about UFOs. Just a weird title, weird subject, but it's uh, just a hooky as hell song. And, uh, yeah, I think, again, where, you know, he's showing off his voice, you know, that's a song mm-hmm. that I think is really well sung, too. For a band that, you know, I think both of us feel like, and this happened a lot in, in the 1980s, mind you, but, like, production was never, it, this band just never had the power that they truly had. I never saw them live. I've seen videos and stuff. I know you, did you ever see them live? No. Okay, so, you, but, uh, but, I mean, legendary live act. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, like, there's just a tinniness to the production always or kind of a little bit of a muffled production and then when they got major label, it, you know, all the major label stuff back then was, was pretty poorly produced, but like, sound-wise. But yeah, I think that's a song that I think it comes alive, you know, despite that. Yeah. So I that think, one wins. Um, <laughs> that's yeah, a quick way to say. I, I, I saw both of them live independently and yeah. I saw them in various groups, Sugar um, and uh, um, Nova Mob and... Uh, um, sadly, you know, whatever, it's not even worth dwelling on, but one of the worst shows I ever saw was a Grant Hart, um, solo show where he just came out barefoot with an acoustic guitar and said, what do you guys want to hear? Look. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, um, that, that will sweep that sour memory under the rug and dwell on the greatness. So the next one up, um, I don't know what you're talking about and, uh, versus keep hanging on one of our weird deep cut favorites. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, um, and like you said, I think this is kind of where the albums almost end in a weird way. Does that sound mm-hmm. right? I mean, cause then it gets a little, just kind of like some almost feels like filler the last couple, but, um, I love both these songs. Keep hanging on is, yeah. I mean, it, it, to me, it's kind of the close of flip your wig in a weird way. It's a, it's a, it's a song that, I you know, kind of just t- caps off to me the, the, songwriting on, on this record and the album that, whoever did sequences fumbled 
massively. I mean, that is the biggest. Uh, I mean, that is the no biggest no brainer of an album closer I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, how do you not close with this <laughs> with this song? It's just. Uh, it's well, and so I almost think the speed they put it out, and when you get into, and, and I'm not trying to rush us here, but the you know last couple like that's you know they're truly, you know, wit and wisdom, and, and don't know yet, you know, and same with um, New Day Rising. I'm just gonna cat. Yeah. yeah, they're kind of like okay, we're gonna what just bang around plan. on shit. Actually, and, plans yeah, I make yeah. like, but plans I make is good. Yep, no, definitely, um, but. You also kind of yeah, and plans that they did end. You're right. I forgot plans I made make ends the album. I was thinking what you drinking does, but uh, how to skin a cat and what you drinking not not great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and plans I make and um, uh, got I'm just like have it in front of me and I can't speak. How this skin morning. A cat. Sorry, private plane. No, yeah, our our uh, I think the the two kind of like boom and it's at the end of an era for a band you know i, I think it's yeah. you know and uh, it's the band goes on to do um candy apple gray which was you know i'm a defender of I, I like it too actually i've gone back it's not my i never listened to that much um you know and, and it, i really it suffers from 80s production but it's a there's some really great songs on it totally suffers there's some amazing songs on there and uh it's as Inclu- it's a, including it's a, by the way including by the way their their biggest hit um, you know, I right. don't want to know if you are lonely, uh, which yeah. actually, you know, weirdly got like mainstream radio play for a little bit. I mean, it was pushed by Warner Brothers. It was on the BCNs and the, you know, uh, you know, Rock 102, whatever city you lived in. Um, it was pushed into regular rotation on those and just didn't make a mark necessarily. And, and that was the end of that. But um, it was, they were pushed as like a, you know, mainstream rock act um, by the time Candy Apple Grey came out. Oh, yeah. People, I mean, and, and rightfully so, because you hear these two records. That's what I mean, kind of like the end of an era. Like, this is a band that A&R people were like, holy shit, like these guys are going to be something and they're great. And, you know, unfortunately, you had mentioned your experience with Grand Hard, like, you know, had a pretty sizable drug problem at the end there. And, and I think the band split, you know, due to that. I think Bob Mould was very driven, obviously, and, and you know, mm-hmm. went on to have hits of his own. And very disappointed, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think he was the guy, he was the Paul, I mean, in a weird way, he was the Paul McCartney lifestyle wise, um, where, you know, really wanted the band to go and was kind of driving the band where Grant Hart sounded a little more poppy, but had the, you know, kind of fuck it attitude, um, you know, not speaking, you know, for him necessarily. There's a great podcast on Minneapolis public radio too. Yeah. So goes I, through I, the history of the band. Um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to tweet it out. Is it everything falls apart? Maybe or yeah, it is. Um, yeah, actually, I think that is the name of it. But I don't want to say that and not be right. Um, we could always Google it, but why do that? Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll send it out <laughs> post with the episode, or and Damon can put it in the episode notes. But uh, it's really good, and, and I got really into it and listened to the whole thing because the band really had such an impact on our lives and on music in general. Um, but yeah, you jump into Candy Apple Gray, and then Warehouse Songs and Stories is kind of the end. And, you know, Candy Apple Gray, to your point, was, was pushed. You know, it also has Could You Be The One, right? Which is another kind no, of No, that's, that's on that, Warehouse Songs and Stories. That's on Warehouse, you're right, you're right, sorry. Um, but both kind of songs that, that became kind of benchmarks for a lot of people and, and you know, hearing who's going to do for the first time. So, yeah, I mean, as far as Flip Your Wig, New Day Rising goes, I'm going to stay in, in the Flip Your Wig camp as being... It's actually my favorite Who's Do album, you know? So, I, I, my one thing it suffers from for me 
you know, like a Nirvana Nevermind or something. I just listened to it so, or Pixie Surferosa. Like, I've listened to that you album so much. Yeah, I, I really have to some degree. Like, I still, it's great to hear a deep cut, you know, um, in a song that I maybe haven't heard in a while. But, like, New Day Rising is weirdly kind of fresh to me just because I got into it much later. But I think Flip Your Wig is the superior record, even though it's, you know, whatever. A1 and A B, you know? Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave this fight the way I entered it, uh, championing New Day Rising, because it actually won six to four anyway. But, um,. That said, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll end this the way we end all of our podcasts. Yeah, Damien, actually, why don't we uh, start, uh, throw on what we started with, New, the New Day Rising, because I think we're ready to just Back to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Uh, today we are ending our podcast the way we end every podcast, and that is Jared. What are you listening to? Uh, so um, I just read um, Rachel Slade's um, Into the Raging Sea, which you may have talked about last episode. I apologize if you did, but that's how I, I did heard and, about it. And then we had to re record it, so it never made it. Oh, cool. Yeah, got it. Um, a book about the um, El Fargo container ship that goes down during. Um, I just read it, and I'm like, it's, it's Hurricane Joaquin. Hurricane I, Joaquin, I read it, yeah. I read it just before you did, so it's pretty okay, fresh right. in my so mind as well. It's a great fresh. book. I loved it. Yeah, I really loved it. And um, and it's, you know, I think I have a fascination with just that kind of weird lifestyle and, and, and career choice, but also just incompetence, bureaucracy, corporate greed, all in one. And, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, 33 souls lost, but... Um, Highly recommend it. it, it it's, it's great. And, uh, you know, that's what I've been listening to. When? how about very you? Very well researched, very well reported. And, uh, yeah, very, uh, it's a good story. Um, I am kind of loaded up at the moment. I am watching Squid Game, which is insane. Um, and I will let you know later whether I love it or I, I don't. Um, I read uh, in about two sittings the new Sally Rooney book, Beautiful World, Where Are You?, um, which is... Uh, dare I say, much like uh, New Day Rising and Flip Your Wig, just more greatness from uh, a single source. Um, she is as good as anybody who is writing the writing words these days. Um, I just don't know what to say in praise of Sally Rooney other than uh, she's great and this is her third book and I don't know that she's 30 years old yet, which is... You know, wow, frightening and awesome. So young, yeah. I was a massive fan of her first two books and a massive fan of the miniseries uh, based on normal people that she also wrote. So, um, all hail Sally Rooney. She is a master. Um, that said, uh, 
I the new Jonathan Franson book arrives today, and I will uh, I'll dig into that nugget. Um, hopefully, more greatness from uh, a writer who somehow has now become quote unquote divisive. Um, so if you're on the wrong side of of that divide, you know that's your fault. Uh, Jonathan Franson's great, and um, I hope this new book is is equally great. Yeah. So, and uh, Jeremy's dropped off, uh, but we are when it comes to putting two songs on the quadrillion ten best songs of all time, we uh, we were not in doubt. Uh, Jeremy is putting ODB's "Shimmy Shimmy Ya," and I am throwing on La Tigra's "Decepticon." So, uh, good good calls all around, and uh, we will talk to you all soon. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.